Thursday night, and we are live. Good to see everybody. Be richly blessed in Jesus' mighty name. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Make sure that you are standing. Amen. Right out of Ephesians chapter 6, 10 through 18. All right, just real quick on a couple of the videos, I don't really like to involve myself in the in the pregame. I do all the I put it forward all the pregame videos, and I don't really like to comment on them too much. Otherwise, I do a segment. But sometimes I just I can't get past the elections. I don't have a whole lot on the elections tonight because it's pretty much a done deal. If you're thinking, you know what, they're going to overturn things here, they're going to overturn things there. I hope that happens for Carrie Lake. She'd be the only one that can possibly do it. But you need to understand they make it basically impossible to adjudicate. Uh, in any timely manner so that by the time they do get to the bottom of anything whatsoever, the election's been certified. There is no uh, Supreme Court precedent for overturning certified elections. That is part of the color revolution of the globalist left. It's all on purpose. It's to make a big, giant, minutia pit of controversy so there's no way to unwind it so that all these elections get certified. That's what, that's what Raffensperger was doing with uh, Mark Elias to Perkins Cooey in the 2020 election that I went over on Tuesday. This is, it's all on purpose, making it impossible to adjudicate ballots on election night. In other words, adjudicate ballots is, is this a valid ballot or is it not? They make it impossible to do it election night, so it turns into some judicial proceeding afterwards and, and, and basically it elongates it so that it takes it past the date of certification so the election gets certified. There's no court precedent to overturn a certified election. It's all on purpose by the globalist leftist cabal. It's all, it is, it's global. It's all to basically uh, to invalidate elections so that you and I don't go out and vote, invalidate elections so that we just accept corruption. If you just look at what we just saw there on those, on those videos out of Maricopa, it's illegal to do, to ballot harvest. You saw that was a Zucker box right there, of course, in Phoenix, Arizona, Maricopa County, one of the seven cities in the six states that have outlined a million times on the show that overturned the 2020, November 3rd, 2020 presidential national election. That was seven cities in six states, Atlanta, Georgia, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Detroit, Michigan, Phoenix, Arizona, Las Vegas, Nevada. You know, there are things like Clark County, that's Las Vegas, Nevada, Maricopa County, that is Phoenix, Arizona. These places are purposeful Democratic Party ballot manifesting, ballot producing hubs. And you saw it right there on the video in the pregame. If you, if you missed the pregame, I'll just outline it for you. Basically, you had a Zucker box sitting there. I guarantee you that box was bought and paid for by the four to $600 million that Mark Zuckerberg gave to Maricopa County, basically exclusively to Democratic Party hubs. The, the, not just a four to four to six hundred million that he gave to Democratic Party urban hubs around the United States, basically in those seven, uh, base seven cities in those six states to overturn the 2020 election. So you have all these people driving up to this ballot box, and they're not dropping off their ballot. I mean, if you look at that video, these people have handfuls of ballots, and they're just dropping them in there. This is actually. Well, this was documented, of course, in, in 2000 Mules, but this, of course, wasn't in 2000 Mules because this was just from the election a few days ago. And you just sit there and you watch these people pull up one car after another. You could have, We could have showed three hours of it. I mean, you can't, as an individual, be handing in 12, 13, a box full of ballots. We have it on videotape. So this brings up my... And then you have, of course, 
the the lines that I showed you that was that was in Arizona, probably Maricopa County too. But I can't confirm that the lines people were standing in line three, four, five, six, seven hours to cast a ballot. Just so everybody knows, that never happens in the state of Florida. I've never had to wait more than an hour. I've never waited more than a half an hour to cast my ballot. And I and I live in not a small area. I live in Sarasota County, Florida, with about a three hundred fifty thousand population, and I never have to wait at all. But lo and behold. In Arizona, they have to wait for hours. That's all on purpose because you have the very person running for governor running the elections. Katie Hobbs refused to recuse herself in this 2022 election. So you had a person campaigning for governor who is the current secretary of state running the campaign that governs her gubernatorial uh, campaigns. But it's very strange, isn't it? But you have all these people waiting. So my last part of this, and we'll head and this will head into the first segment of the show tonight on the FBI. Where is the FBI? When you have video footage of people, and by the way, it's very good video footage, not like outside of the DNC, which we'll get into in a minute, where you have the pipe bomb incident, where you have frames per second here, and you got that on top of your head with the frames per second, what normal frames per second is and things like that. It's like about 30 frames per second, and they were shooting at about like one. Yeah, four frames per second. So this is actually really good video footage that we just saw. And I'm just curious, where's the FBI? If you have video footage of people noticeably ballot harvesting, I want to know the laws in the state of Arizona. Are you allowed to ballot harvest? And there are different ballot harvesting laws throughout the states. Florida, it's basically zero. You cannot ballot harvest in the state of Florida, of course. And there, there it is once again. Remember, we will never win another national election or statewide election. We'll never we'll win regional elections, but we will not win, which we can still own the House, but we will not own the Senate, and we will never win the White House again unless these four problems are fixed. A, a corrupt establishment GOP, which actually campaigns against us. They're not for us at all. Mitt Romney, Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, they are against us. As much as, they are as much against us as Hillary Clinton is. Understand that. That's the truth. So a corrupt GOP, no money, no message, and corrupt elections. Those four things, if they are not fixed, we will never win again. We can, we can sit here and talk about, I saw it on Twitter today, strategize, New, new candidates, DeSantis runs, Trump runs. And if, you know, if Trump runs, I'm voting for him. If DeSantis runs against Trump, that'll be the only competition for me with Trump is DeSantis. But it won't matter. Even as great as Ron DeSantis is, he will lose. If we don't fix corrupt elections, no message, no money, and the establishment GOP, the establishment GOP, they're putting out false propaganda right now, the establishment GOPs with DeSantis. <laughs> no way. No way are those vaccine pimps and whores and COVID tyrants. And I'm talking about Mitch McConnell. I'm even talking about Ted Cruz at the beginning, especially. Are they for Ron DeSantis? Give me a break. Give me a break. Absolutely no way. Lindsey Graham, who couldn't have bent over and grabbed his ankles any faster for the COVID tyranny, is for for Ron DeSantis? Absolutely not. So those are bull-faced lies. Neither are the establishment. GOP for Donald Trump. So I will vote for either one. It'll be a competition if they run against each other for me. So unless we fix those four things, Trump has already fixed one, and that is that he has a message. But understand, Trump has no money. They're like, oh, he has got $400 million in his coffers. It's nothing. It's nothing. That's nothing. For a presidential campaign, it's absolutely nothing. They will drop over a billion dollars, probably $1.1 to $1.4 billion on this presidential campaign coming up in 2024. No matter who runs, whether it's Newsom, whether it's Harris, or whether it's Biden, they will drop that much. $400 million? Remember, what is a billion? A thousand millions. Trump has less than half of that. 
You're like, well, who raised money? It won't compare unless we change. It will not compare. Think we listen. I'm just telling you, unless we change those four things, it, we are going to lose. And you're like, well, we we just won. By the way, we just won the popular vote by six percent in this last basically congressional slash Senate national election. We won the popular vote by six percent, which is considerable. By the way, I think it's 52 million to 46 million voted Republican versus Democrat. So we won the popular vote, but it won't matter. It won't matter. We still lost every race that really, really counted. Now, I mean, I, and, I, and I don't really mean what I just said. I mean, we just lost a lot of races that really counted. And we also won some that really counted, but we lost the Senate. And the Senate was, I mean, to say pivotals is a very much an understatement. It was pivotal. We should have the Senate by about, we should have about 52 seats, minimum of 51. We should have had that. But we were robbed with Adam Lexalt and Blake Masters, both in Nevada, Clark County, Nevada, uh, uh, Nevada, one of the seven cities, and of course, Phoenix, Arizona, Maricopa County, which stole it from Blake Masters. What they have to have is a large urban center of votes where they can say that they, they got a lot more votes than they did and the geographic population covers it. You can't say you got you know uh, 47,000 votes in a rural county that has a population of 2,700 people. But in a city where you got four or five million like Maricopa County slash Phoenix, you can say you got 1.5 million ballots. 1.5 million votes and nobody will know because they're all in Zucker boxes, unverified, unsignature verified, no voter ID, nothing. You have all those people just dropping off. And to finish up here, to link it back to our first segment, where's the FBI? When you have video footage of people, one person after another, putting in multiple ballots, which is patently illegal in most states. And I'd like to know this in laws in Arizona. I don't know them yet. But I assume that ballot harvesting in Arizona is illegal, at least to some standard. But you cannot have people handing in multiple ballots. And I'm just curious, where's the FBI? Where's the FBI? And I believe it was 20 to 30% of their polling places had malfunctions, but only in Republican areas. Where's the FBI? I mean, this, this is a national criminal problem. In, in, in most of these situations, these are felonious crimes. These are felonies. And they go across state lines to certain degrees because you have DNC that's in D.C. crossing state lines into Arizona and various other states. So I'm just wondering where the FBI is. All the, well, we know where the FBI is. They're raiding Mar-a-Lago and re- arresting pro-life protesters that aren't breaking any laws. So let's get into the FBI tonight. Again, and I mean, the FBI needs to be completely disbanded. I don't mean, we, there doesn't need to be an acronym left. The FBI needs to be completely, Christopher Ray needs to be impeached, fired, whatever it is, and the FBI needs to be disbanded with no, no reference to it ever. There doesn't need to be a new Federal Bureau of Investigations. There needs to be no FBI at all anywhere. So these are an RNC research video, and the title of it is, Here's Three Minutes Showing Joe Biden Knew All About His Family's Corrupt Foreign Business Dealings. Because we're wanting now, as the, as the new Republican Congress and a very narrow majority, but it really doesn't matter. Majorities really don't matter unless you have a veto-proof majority, which we wouldn't have had anyway. So, in the, in the Senate or the House. So it really doesn't matter. We have a majority. So the new congressional leadership, well, the new uh, Congress that's coming in is pledging to investigate these things. And I believe him. I really do. James Comer has come out and said that he's going to do it. I believe him. Jim Jordan has come out and said that he's going to do it. I believe these are legitimate conservatives, not rhinos. So we want to know what's going on with Hunter Biden. Now, here's three minutes talking about the FBI in relationship to the Hunter Biden laptop. Play it for me. 
his son, Hunter, joining the then vice president on the official visit to Beijing. Unknown to the press back then, Hunter Biden was forming a Chinese private equity fund, planning to raise money, including from Chinese investors. Ten days after the Biden's trip, Shanghai authorities issued the fund's business license. Then Vice President Joe Biden had dinner with his son Hunter, along with Hunter's business associates from Ukraine, Russia and Kazakhstan. And the day after the dinner, a Burisma executive sent a note to Hunter, quoting, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving an opportunity to meet your father and spend some time together. Hunter's lucrative business dealings often included giving as much as 50 percent of his earnings to his dad. The text read, quote, I hope you all can do what I did and pay for everything for this entire family for 30 years. It's really hard, but don't worry. Unlike Pop, I won't make you give me half your salary. And uh, Hunter introduced me as uh, this is Tony, dad, uh, the individual I told you about that's helping us with the business that we're working on and the Chinese. The email reads this way, quote, at the moment, there's a provisional agreement that the equity will be distributed as follows. 10 held by Hunter for the big guy. I 1,000% sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times. A newly revealed text message shows Bobolinsky was apparently warned by business partner James Gillier, don't mention Joe being involved. It's only when you are face to face. I know you know that, but they are paranoid. Chinese executives admitted to reporters that they were actually introduced to the vice president by Hunter Biden. Hunter and the then vice president seen with a pair of Mexican billionaires. At the same time, Hunter had been working on energy deals in Mexico. Joe Biden also had Hunter and his business partner fly on Air Force Two to Mexico. The president agreed to pay Hunter Biden's legal fees for his business dealings with a Chinese-controlled company. Hunter's assistant reportedly telling a pair of Biden aides, quote, I spoke with Hunter today regarding his bills. It is my understanding that Hunt's dad will cover these bills in the short term. There is photographic evidence of Biden on a golf outing with both his son, Hunter, and a man called Devin Archer, who was another member of the Burisma board. We also know that Devin Archer in that picture had a meeting in the White House, one-on-one -on -one meeting with Joe Biden about a week before they joined the Burisma board. His closest business partner, Hunter, has made at least 19 visits to the White House and other official locations, including a sit-down with then-Vice President Joe Biden in the West Wing. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses, period. Of course, the last segment, there's Joe Biden swearing as he has numerous times that he has no knowledge and has never discussed his business dealings with his son. We all know that's a bold-faced lie. And it's not just about that he lies. He lies about that. It's not inherently criminal. The problem is, is, is he a threat to national security? When you have him, remember now, Ukraine is this big deal where we have ties to Ukraine. Here's a list of the eight things on this video briefly. We have the China visit where we have Hunter Biden, which you've heard me talk about 500 times on this podcast. Hunter flies over to Beijing with Joe on Air Force Two, secures $1.5 billion from a CCP-controlled bank. That's a national security problem. Number two, dinner with Hunter. Uh, yes, Joe Biden has dinner with Hunter and others linked with the Burisma, and not, not just not just linked with Burisma, Burisma board members. Joe Biden, there's video, I mean, not, not video, pictorial evidence of, of Joe Biden having dinner with Hunter and members of the Burisma board. Number three, you have text messages, it's all on the Hunter Biden laptop, by the way, where 50% of Hunter Biden's income, which solely comes from looting foreign countries, is paid to his father, of which he's been doing for 30 years. Now, remember, the FBI has had this laptop 
since 2019, basically since December of 2019. Then you have all the Tony Bobulinski stuff, basically partners in different deals with Hunter Biden, where he he confirms via what's said on the laptop, the 10% of the big guy is for sure 10% to Joe Biden. He knew 1,000%. And then you have the email from another uh executive that that Hunter Biden was dealing with telling Tony Bobolisky don't mention Joe's involvement if imagine if you had this much evidence having to do with Eric Trump or Don Jr and Donald Trump and what would the FBI do remember they raided they raided Mar-a-Lago based on what which by the way will the guy who's actually running the slides right now for this podcast he sent me a text where it's all turning out to be absolutely nothing coming out of, it wasn't a text, he sent me a tweet. It's all turning out to be absolutely nothing out of Mar-a-Lago. But imagine if this much evidence was sitting there in front of the FBI who conducted a two-year hoax investigation into Russian collusion that everybody knew didn't exist. And then you've got number six, Hunter and Joe, photographed together with Mexican billionaires, on, and that was traveled. They traveled to Mexico on Air Force Two again to secure deals with these Mexican billionaires, basically over oil and gas. 50% or 10% goes to the big guy. And then Joe pledges via email to cover Hunter's legal bills. How do you, in his, in his business dealings with China? So let me ask you this How do you never discuss your son's business deals and then say, I'm going to cover your legal bills having to do with your business deals? And then you have number eight, Burisma. And then you have, of course, Joe Biden taking a picture with Devin Archer, who's also part of Burisma. Burisma, the oil, natural gas and oil company, out of, of course, the money laundering organization. Now we got FTX money laundering or uh, money laundering through Ukraine for the Democratic Party and Rhino Republicans. And then, of course, at that time, you had Burisma, which is an oil and gas company where Hunter Biden was paid as a consultant. And what, how, how is he consulting an oil and gas company when he has no expertise in oil and gas? But he was and receiving over a million dollars and fifty three thousand dollars a month. Amazing, isn't it? Well, here's a Washington Free Beacon video now breaking House Republicans announced an investigation into Joe Biden. The investigation will look into why Biden lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. Play for me, Will. We are releasing a report today that details what we have uncovered. We are also sending letters to the Biden administration officials and Biden family associates renewing our request for voluntary production of documents relevant to this investigation. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, the president of the United States, and why he lied to the American people about his knowledge and participation in his family's international business schemes. National security interests require the committee conduct investigation, and we will pursue all avenues, avenues that have long been ignored. Committee Republicans have uncovered evidence of federal crimes committed by and to the benefit of members of the president's family. These include conspiracy or defrauding the United States, wire fraud, conspiracy to commit wire fraud, violation of the Foreign Agents Registration Act, violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, violations of the Trafficking Victims Protection Act, tax evasion, money laundering, and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The Biden family's business dealings implicate a wide range of criminality from human trafficking to potential violations of the Constitution. In the 118th Congress, this committee will evaluate the status of Joe Biden's relationship with his family's foreign partners and whether he is a president who is compromised or swayed by foreign dollars and influence. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden, and that's where the committee 
will focus in this next Congress. I now turn. And if we had an uh, a honest FBI, if we had an integrity-based FBI, I wouldn't be worried about what was happening with Joe Biden. It would be taken care of. In this video, they're looking into, and this is all from the laptop. And remember, they're not the FBI is not the only ones who's have, who has copies of the hard drive. You have Rudy Giuliani who has copies of the hard drive. And maybe probably, I'm saying probably numerous others have copies of this hard drive because it was delivered to Rudy Giuliani as well as the FBI. So in the, on the, the evidence off the laptop has led to at least six crim, possible criminal charges, possible, and it's until proven guilty, wire fraud, fair violations, FCPA violations, human trafficking violations, tax evasion, money laundering, and a seventh tax fraud. So seven possible vi- criminal violations that Hunter Biden was involved with, let alone possibly financed by his father on or during or after these things. Who knows? I've never seen it. Innocent till proven guilty. I'm not a leftist, so I'm not going to just act like they're guilty. I need to see the evidence. But where's the FBI? It is November 2022. They got this laptop three years ago. Three years ago, and nothing has happened. We hear these blurbs that come out on social media every now and then that the FBI's on the verge. On the verge. And there's another couple of things they're missing. There's firearms charges, too, that are on the laptop. We have Hunter Biden, who lied on his firearms application, saying that he was not a drug user, and he was, and, he there, and he's on the laptop brandishing a firearm. That's illegal. That's a, and then, of course, he also, we have another one, too. He dumped the firearm right next to a school zone, which is also illegal. So you have Joe Biden, do, I mean, you have Hunter Biden doing all these things. And just my question is, three years into this, we're month, one month short of three years that the FBI has had this laptop in their possession. We Listen, I know that it's redundant, but we things have to be done. I mean, this is critical. And you're like, well, what does this have to do with me, Tom? If you have a corrupt judiciary, a corrupt DOJ, understand this is how it could potentially work. And this is what they're doing to Steve Bannon. So what they're doing to Peter Navarro, this is what they're doing civilly to Alex Jones, not criminally, but civilly. Navarro and Bannon are both, are both criminal proceedings. What, the, what, will, what potentially can happen is this. Is you say something like, we need to fight against the Democratic Party. Now, what a Democrat can do is say, you know what? They are threatening us with violence, i.e. an insurrection. And you're like, well, Tom, that would never float. That would never float with anybody who has a brain. But if you write an affidavit, if you are Merrick Garland or you are Christopher Ray or a corrupt FBI agent, of which the, the one who he- headed the, the uh, uh, and I can't remember how to pronounce his last name. Like I can't remember, but I wish I could. But the one who headed the, uh, the Gretchen Whitmer investigation, kidnapping investigation, and the 1-6 investigation, just weirdly after a, it's like D'Antonio, D'Antonio, something like that. Yeah, if you can find it for me, great. Head of the Whitmer uh, kidnapping investigation. He just weirdly, after receiving the biggest promotion of his life, just resigned, just retired out of the blue. And, and, and you have Dan Bongino, who's been interviewing his FBI whistleblower. And he says that is patently unheard of. You never receive being special agent in charge of the D.C. office which basically is your golden ticket to the seventh floor, which is the corrupt Christopher Ray floor, the, the corrupt James Comey floor, Andrew McCabe floor. You don't just summarily retire after receiving the greatest promotion of your life. And yeah, strangely, isn't it? 
Very, very strange, the, the timing of all of these things. So the thing is, what, what, what could happen is somebody, you say, you know what, we need to destroy the Democratic Party. I'm picking a different word now. And if somebody decides a Christopher Ray, a D'Antona, a Merrick Garland-esque type person draws up an affidavit and says that you are a threat to the United States, you're a seditionist and insurrectionist. Do you think that they can find a judge like they did in Florida to go with that probable cause affidavit and haul you into court under a warrant? See, this is what you don't think that can happen to you. That's just happened in Mar-a-Lago. It just happened to Peter Navarro. It just happened to Steve Bannon. Happened to General Flynn. Happened to Roger Stone. Where, why is this not happening to James Clapper? To John Brennan? To Hillary Clinton? Who committed far more serious felonious crimes? Because it's a corrupt DOJ. And it's corrupt not only when Democrats are in charge. It was just as corrupt as when Donald Trump was in charge. And that was part of Trump's problem. And listen, I don't fault Trump with every last thing he did. He was a newbie inside of D.C. I can't judge him. I've never had to face it. But he needed to come in there and summarily fire all of these people. All of them. James Comey, without hesitation, well, they'll say this. We have got to get beyond all of, they'll say this and they'll say that. Why would we ever care what a baby butchering can't tell what a male versus a female person thinks. Why would we care about what any leftist baby butcher thinks of us? Who cares? Let them call us xenophobic, racist. Let us let let them call us anti, you know conspiracy theorists and anti-vaxxers, which I am. You know, anti-science. Let them call us whatever names they want. Who cares? But the FBI can no longer exist now. They'll be like somebody could put an affidavit right now on me with that. And you don't think if they brought it before a judge in Connecticut like they did with Alex Jones where he has to pay almost a billion dollars in civil penalties now for, 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 for defamation when he never committed defamation? Again, just hearkening back to Derek Chauvin and George Floyd. Derek Chauvin is committed, is, has been convicted of strangling George Floyd to death when there's no evidence of strangulation. George Floyd had a 95% oxygenation rate in his lungs at the time of death, which makes it impossible for him to be strangled to death. But yet Derek Chauvin is in prison. You don't for, for strangling somebody for asphyxiating somebody when there's no evidence of asphyxiation. Matter of fact, it's impossible that he's asphyxiated. So how did Derek Chauvin kill him if he died of asphyxiation when there was no asphyxiation? He died of a fentanyl poisoning. You don't think that this can happen to you? They can just go, you know what? We're just going to make up an affidavit. We're going to make up Russian collusion. And we're going to, and we're going to do what the FBI did. We, you know, we're going to leak Russian collusion data to the media and then use that data from the media to support our own affidavits. Look, in their FISA, FISA warrants, they said the media is reporting on this. Well, they gave that, that gave, they gave that data to the media and then used it on their FISA applications, their FISA warrants. The FBI has to be disbanded. So here's a we will win uh, video. This is what America needs, pure fire, loud and clear. Here's Byron Donalds. This is the, these are the type of congressmen, slash, if it's a woman like Marjorie Taylor Greene, that need to rise to the, to the leadership of the Republican Party. They have to rise to the leadership of the Republican Party. Yeah, but people won't accept this. We got we to quit worrying about being accepted. They nailed Jesus to a cross. He wasn't accepted. We have to do what's right and let the chips fall where they may. Listen to this. Play for me, Will. You mean to tell me that 
Joe Biden, who was then who was a former vice president of the United States, then candidate for the presidency of the United States, now president of the United States, had no idea that his son was engaged in the sale of a cobalt mine to a Chinese company at the same time when the centerpiece of Joe Biden's energy policy is electric cars in the United States and more green technology? I mean, come on, folks. That is just crazy. Hunter Biden was readily involved in the transactions dealing with Chinese companies for a mineral that is critical to the Democrat agenda respect, with respect to the Green New Deal. If Congress should not investigate what's going on between Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, then I don't even know what we're doing here, folks. We might as well just wait till the midterms are over. I, I, so you have all of these links with Hunter Biden's business dealings having to do with Joe Biden's legislation, whether it's electric car uh, elements that are needed. So, suddenly, Joe Biden's all for electric cars when Hunter Biden's business dealings have to do with mining the minerals needed for electric cars. I mean, come on. Where, I mean, where is the FBI? And then listen, they must be held accountable. No, listen, well, I want to know why it is that everything they say is a national security uh, is a national security threat. Like you, everything that, all the emails released from Anthony Fauci are all redacted because it's a national security threat. Why? Why, why are things having to do with the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot? Why are they all redacted? Why is that? Why is 14,000 hours of video footage not been released from 1-6? 1-6? How long ago was 1-6? We're coming up on two freaking years. And yet they can't release any of the 14,000 hours of video. Why? Because it exonerates a lot of the 1-6 defendants. And what will happen is the 1-6 defendants will plead guilty. They'll be exonerated on video. They still can't get out because they pled guilty. You'd have to hire a, a $5,000 an hour attorney to reverse that adjudication. They don't have the money to do that. Otherwise, they wouldn't be sitting in jail right now. But we, this all has got, we have got to get to the bottom of it. And it does, it, well, can't, you know, we're, we're t- we, we didn't hire, we didn't elect all these Republicans to conduct endless investigation. Yes, we did. I want it going all the way back to collusion. I want it going all the way back to Hillary's 30,000 deleted emails that were subpoenaed, that were congressional evidence, which by the way, is a federal crime. Why was she never prosecuted? Yeah, I mean, you had Comey come out and said she deleted classified information. And she exposed classified information. Those are both felonious crimes. Nothing. Stripped to the studs. And you're like, here's my my point. We can conduct all these investigations and legislate at the same time. There's plenty of congressmen and women to do both. And I want bull freaking dogs in charge. Not people who are going, you know, it's really great that you appear in front of us today. No, go on the attack now. Tired of the honorable this and the honorable that, and it's great to have you today. You've done a great job. Forget all that garbage. We appreciate your service to the country. You know, just screw all that. Sick and tired of it all. All right, Benny Johnson tweet. This is what Will sent me. Breaking, the FBI has now leaked one week after the pivotal election. Of course, they wait till the election's over to admit that they are the brown shirt Gestapo for the Democratic Party. One week after a pivotal election to the Washington Post, that the regime's raid on Mar-a-Lago was basically a political op. Agents and prosecutors found no discernible business interest in the Mar-a-Lago document. Guys, what happened to him selling uh, nuclear secrets to Russia? Selling nuclear secrets to China? The nuclear codes. What happened to all that? 
Funny how it's all faded away. Just like the pandemic of the unvaxxed, that's all faded away. But nobody retracts, nobody apologizes, nobody's held accountable, except by people like me, except by people like Steve Bannon, except for people like Dan Bongino. Now it's time for our elected officials to hold all these people accountable. Here's Jim Jordan. Play it for me. Is the FBI going to quit interfering with elections? 2016, they spied on President Trump's campaign. 2018, it was the Mueller investigation. 2020, they suppressed information about the Hunter Biden story. 2022, they raided the president's home 91 days before the election. Maybe it'd be nice if the FBI and the Justice Department just stayed out of it and let we the people decide who we think should represent us, who we think should lead us. That's supposed to be how America works. So this is the focus on the Judiciary Committee, the political nature of the Justice Department, and the linkage now to what was happening with the Hunter Biden story Again, just 15 days before we have a presidential election. Yeah, so that Hunter Biden laptop comes out. The FBI's had it in their possessions through 2019, by the way, which, which supersede. They had it a whole, almost a year before the election. But then the story broke right before the election. Then you had the FBI strangely meeting with Facebook. Strange, strangely meeting with Zuckerberg saying, you know what? There might be some new Russian disinformation that may be coming out. You need to, you know, you need to guard. What was it? Jack Dorsey. I'm trying to remember the former owner of Twitter. Meeting, meeting with Jack Dorsey and the Twitter staff saying, you know, what? there's some new Russian to, meeting with the staff of YouTube. There's some new Russian to Google when there's some new Russian disinformation that may come across your path. And then you have 50 former Intel officials and, and five former Intel chiefs coming out and say the Hunter Biden laptop certainly smells of Russian propaganda and disinformation. It's funny how that all comes out right after the FBI goes and meets with with Zuckerberg, goes and meets with Dorsey and says, you know what? Watch out. There's some Russian disinformation. 28% of voters. No, it wasn't 28%. I can't remember. 17 to 27%, something like that, of Democratic voters said they would not have voted for Joe Biden if they would have known about Hunter Biden's laptop. And that was all sequestered prior to it was all banned prior to you had the Washington, the, not the Washington, the New York Post article. And then summarily, the New York Post itself banned off of Twitter, banned off of Twitter because of the Hunter Biden laptop story from Miranda Devine to ban. These are world renowned journalists and the and the second oldest paper in the country banned off 16 percent. Thank you. And 16 percent. I was close. I said 17 percent. 16% of Democratic Party voters would not have voted for Joe Biden if they knew what was on the laptop prior to the election. And it was taken back. Even with 16%, that's an easy Trump win. 16%? Trump wins in a landslide. And Joe Biden's 81 million would have been less. 81 million. So that's what the FBI is doing. They create the narrative, which is this is going to be Russian propaganda, and then go to Zuckerberg, go to Dorsey, go to Google and say, you know what, which is YouTube, and they go to them and say, here, you know, Russian Russian disinformation. Then they get the backup of the 50 former Intel officials like James Clapper and John Brennan, who's a socialist and a communist, actually, devout communist, who ran the CIA. Have them all come up and back up their propaganda. And, of course, Facebook and uh Twitter at the time and YouTube are all devout leftist globalist Nazis. They all just jump right on board. They all call us Nazis all the time. By the way, just so everybody knows, once again, everything that they say are extreme. I even heard uh, Jordan Peterson talking about the extreme right today on an old video, talking about the extreme. The extreme right is what? And it's always lined up with like Hitler, with Mao. Those are all extreme left. It's never us. 
Nazis were the National Socialist, i.e. leftist party. They're all extreme leftists. All mass global international murderers. We're all leftists, not us. I, I just digress for a minute because I don't want us owning any of this stuff because we don't own any of it. There is, what, what was, what has there ever been extreme right? Oh, the Ku Klux Klan, that was extreme left. It was, that was the Democratic Party, which by the way, the Ku Klux Klan, white supremacist organizations are all socialist. They're never right. Where, where's the, what extreme right? What extreme right? There isn't an extreme right. If it's, an, if it's what the media deems as extreme right, it's actually a leftist organization. And you know, the, the racist one, those are leftists. They're not right-wingers. No, no real conservative is a racist. That would, we, we operate in logic and facts and data. Why would you ever be a racist and believe if you're, if you're a Christian and a conservative and you have Romans 2.11 staring at you where God has no respecter of persons, then certainly you wouldn't be according to race. So I just want everybody to know, squash these liberal narratives. They're absolutely, absolutely fraudulent. All right, where am I at, Will? John D. tweet. Here we go. 75 days ago, here we go. Mark Zuckerberg openly admitted to dumping $400 million into the 2020 elections while simultaneously following orders from the FBI to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, and nothing happened. There you go. Just want you to know that's exactly what happened. Let's go to the next one. RNC research video. Here's Josh Hawley laying into Christopher Ray. We'll talk about it afterwards. Play it for me. I think the last time that I got to visit with you was back in August, August 4th of this year. You were at the Senate Judiciary Committee. You remember that, I assume. We had to cut that hearing short. We were supposed to do two rounds of questions. You said you had to be somewhere, so we cut it short. Republicans were not able to ask a second round as we had been informed we would. The press reported shortly thereafter that the reason that the hearing had to be cut short is because you were flying on a Gulfstream jet for a personal vacation in the Adirondacks. Please tell me that's not accurate. Senator, the hearing was cut short, was not cut short from my experience. We had agreed beforehand on the time and, and, uh, and length of it. And my, I was very surprised to find that the, any man on the committee was surprised. Uh, as to how I uh, fly, I am required, not only uh, permitted, but required to fly uh, on uh, an FBI plane wherever I go. That's so, so you were going on vacation? I was, yes. So you left a statutorily required oversight hearing in order to go on a personal vacation in the Adirondacks? I took a flight to go visit my family uh, as had been previously arranged in conjunction no, no, with no. the leadership of the committee. The ranking member, Chuck Grassley, asked you during the hearing, he said, I assume you must have other business. You said, yes. He then said, if you have a business trip, you've got your own plane, can't it wait a while? He then said, Chuck Grassley, we only just heard half an hour ago that now you have to leave. We were going to have a seven-minute round followed by a three-minute round. I've got seven people on my side of the aisle, that included me, who are waiting for this additional round. Is there any reason we can't accommodate them for 21 minutes? And you said you had a plane to catch. You had somewhere to go. And now we find out it was for vacation? 
the reference to other business was not a reference to that day. It was a reference to the following week where Senator Grassley and I were going to see each other in Iowa when I had other business in Iowa, and I did, in fact, see him then. So, wait, you had to leave the hearing early because you had you were going to see him later in Iowa in a week? No, I had to leave uh, when I said I was going to have to leave, as had been previously organized <laughs> with the leadership of the committee. You, you left an oversight hearing before the Senate Judiciary Committee required by statute so you could vacation with your family. I find that absolutely unbelievable and, frankly, indefensible. It is completely indefensible because, by the way, as Christopher Ray noted in his own testimony, he controls the plane. So he doesn't need to leave at any time because he decides the time. It, it reminds me of James Comey testifying that they had to, with the FISA warrants that they put in before, he goes, these are warrants. These are judges' orders. Uh, they're not judges' orders. They are FISA warrant applications that you put in for permission from a judge, not an order from a judge, permission from a judge to wiretap Carter Page, i.e. Donald Trump, at Trump Tower and in the White House. You aren't ordered to. These guys play endless games and they're bold-faced freaking liars. That's who they are. Christopher Ray is a bold-faced liar. You know, he controls the plane. He can leave whenever he wants. What he was doing was avoiding the situation. You got that one for me? We'll play that one. Does, it, does the FBI have confidential human sources? Uh, did the FBI have confidential human sources embedded within the January 6th protesters on January 6th of 2021? Well, Congressman, as I'm sure you can appreciate, I have to be very careful about what I can say about when. Even our, now, because that's what you I, told us two years finish? ago. May I finish? Uh, about when we do and do not, and where we have and have not used confidential human sources. Uh, but to the extent that there's a suggestion, for example, that the FBI's confidential human sources or FBI employees in some way instigated or orchestrated January 6th, that's categorically false. Did you have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters inside the Capitol on January the 6th prior to the doors being open? Again, I had to be very careful. It should be I a no. Can you not tell the American people no? We did not have confidential human sources dressed as Trump supporters positioned inside the Capitol. Gentlemen's time has expired. You should not read anything into my decision uh, not to share information. Director Ray, gentlemen's time has expired. All of those protective measures that camouflage that they are allowed to perpetrate needs to end. I can't answer this question because it's an ongoing investigation. That needs to end in this country. It must end. There is no cover just because this is an ongoing investigation. By the way, this ongoing investigation has been going on for almost two years. Two years of the largest, most federally funded by the billions of dollars a criminal justice organization, police force on the planet can't, get, can't figure everything out in more than two years. No, and he was simply asked a question. For, he, asked, he was asked a two-part question. Did you have FBI informants or FBI employees embedded in the 1-6 crowd? He refused to answer it under the camouflage, under the obfuscation of, under the deflection of. I can't answer that. I need to be very careful. Why do you need to be very careful? Well, how would that affect an investigation? Yes or no? 
How would that how would that hurt the investigation? It doesn't hurt the you're not you're not mentioning who the who the informants are. You're not mentioning uh were you know were the agents were they not you're asked did you have FBI personnel embedded in the crowd? Yes or no? That's nothing to do with the investigation. Answer the freaking question. And of course he doesn't do it. Why? Because they're the ones who caused the insurrection. And they did it on purpose, just like they caused the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping plot. And by the way, just so everybody knows, there's now it's now come out that they that the FBI had informants inside of the Oath Keepers months and months and months, eight of them, including second in command of the Oath Keepers, months and months prior to the in the unarmed insurrection, the only insurrection that's ever occurred in the history of all of mankind where there was not one firearm found. And the only, ins- and the only insurrection in the history of all humankind that lasted less than three hours. And then he's asked, Christopher Ray is asked by Clay Higgins. These are the kind of people that we have to have in Congress. Clay Higgins, people like this. Were FBI agents embedded inside the Capitol in Trump gear prior to the doors being opened? He won't answer. And as Clay Higgins said, that should be a simple no. That's got nothing to do with an investigation. Yes or no? Did you have FBI agents dressed in Trump gear inside the Capitol before our heroes and the Capitol Police opened the door and allowed the insurrection to happen. And were, and were they prompted? Because there's video footage of some weird sort of Trump-geared-out men talking to the Capitol Police while those doors are being opened. I wonder who those guys were. And how many were there? 50, 60, 100? Were they the ones who actually caused this? So then... They have the endless ability in perpetuity to call you a domestic terrorist where, where that scenario that I laid out a few minutes ago could actually happen. If all of us are, are potential domestic terrorists, then we can be potentially investigated for any reason. Is that the reason why they instigated the 1-6 Fedsurrection? So that we can, we can perpetually be suspects as domestic terrorists? You don't think that, that Christopher Ray of the FBI can drop pick certain blue jurisdictions with Obama judges and drop probable cause affidavits for wiretaps on your phone, on my phone, or even to arrest us because we threatened an insurrection? And all you lefties who rejoice in this, you need to understand something. It will turn on you. And you need to remember that the political tides change. And what are you going to do when Republicans are in charge of your CBDCs and your DOJ? Whoops! You won't like it so much then. All right, Mishka video right out of Missouri. Play for me. Whistleblowers who have come forward to members of this body, to members of the House. The FBI has been sending more than, in one instance, a dozen armed agents to a rural Pennsylvania home of a Catholic pro-life demonstrator to arrest him at gunpoint in front of his children in early morning hours, despite the fact that he posed no risk of violence or threat and had previously offered to turn himself in. Numerous whistleblowers, field agents, have alleged that D.C., your headquarters, has pulled them off working on child sex abuse cases, working on human trafficking cases, in order to work on January 6th matters for this reason, to give the appearance, they say, they say, that there are hundreds of new domestic terrorism cases in the country, when in fact there are not. Whistleblowers, field agents have also said that D.C. has ordered the use of SWAT teams on nonviolent suspects who may have attended a January 6th rally and 
they have been ordered to conduct surveillance and knock on doors of people who were not even in D.C. on January 6th. And again, all of this, according to the whistleblowers, these are your agents, all of this in order to make it look as if there's a mass surge in domestic terrorism all across the country when, in fact, the stats are being padded by political directive in your office. They also say, these whistleblowers, the D.C. leadership deliberately suppressed investigations into Hunter Biden, contrary to FBI procedure, and have also retaliated against FBI agents and whistleblowers who have contacted Congress, which, by the way, they are protected by statute to do so. This is what's happening at your FBI while you are evading oversight hearings. Mr. Director, do you think you're still up to this job? I absolutely think I'm still up to this job, and I think our workforce feels the same way. Well, I don't. And frankly, I think you should have been gone a long time ago. And given your behavior recently, I think it only makes it more clear. Are there any travel plans today that we should be aware of that you have? We're supposed to have a second round. Will you be here for that? Yes. Yeah, there you go. And that's the reason why he evaded the first hearing. Now there's whistleblowers coming out that are saying that the FBI is purposely, purposely re redistributing resources, i.e. special agents. They're actually reassigning special agents from human trafficking, fentanyl, whatever it may be, reassigning them from those cases. You know, it's just, it really, I mean, how, what does it really matter? You got seven, eight, nine-year-old girls being habitually raped at the border. Nah, it doesn't matter. Let's, let's put them on. Let's go send our agents to the house of somebody that was within 174 miles of, of DC on 16-2021. Uh, Let's do that instead. And that way, you see what they do is you're like, well, Tom, that doesn't mean a case. Yes, it does. They can just say, you know what, we 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 have a because all you gotta do, you see a lot of a lot of people, obviously you weren't in law enforcement. This is how it works. In law enforcement, cop right here, 25 years, 1992 to 2017, street-level police officer right here. Basically, you just pull a case. And it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not corrupt in and of itself, but you can use it for corrupt statistics. So you pull a case, you, you start a case of, you know, a suspicious incident. Was it, was it, did it turn out to be suspicious? No, but it's still labeled as a suspicious incident, right? So that's how it works. So they'll label it a domestic terrorist investigation because they found out that a a 74-year-old woman with a MAGA hat made a phone call to the RNC on 1-6. So, you know, we need to go investigate that. And we're going to put it under domestic terrorism. So now they got a stat, and that's what they are doing by the thousands so that they they can proffer an artificial narrative of we have a domestic terrorist situation. We have a domestic terror problem, a white supremacist terrorist problem inside the United States. Look at all these stats. Even though the stats are completely and totally innocuous and vacuous, it doesn't matter. All the, all the Democrats, oh, yay, our heroes in the FBI protecting us from nothing. That's what, that's what, that's what the Democrats are all about. Creating a problem so that they a so that they can usher in their globalist leftist narrative, and that's also a smaller. There's also actually a smaller motive behind it. It's actually illustrated by some neighbors of mine. They want to feel like they're heroes. I I, I we made it through the COVID pandemic, and and I, I survived. You survived what? You, you survived what? Oh, I I saved lives got some idiots rolling around my neighborhood right now who my dog barked at them my dog who had never hurt a flea in his life 
And now when he gets near them, get away, get away. And then they feel like they survived a a heinous attack by a dog who likes to lick his nuts more than anything on the planet. That's all he does. That's his number one goal every day is to be chased. He loves to be chased and lick himself. That's it. That's his great, but they, they come up. Oh, get away. A horrible dog. He's never done a daggum thing to them, but bark. but, But they get the, oh, we have, we have a new cause in life, just like COVID. And by the way, these same people had, the wife had a mask on this year, was wearing a mask on alone outside this year. Because then they, they get to think, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a survivor. I'm a lifesaver, but never actually facing peril. So that's the smaller, that's the smaller motive behind it. Back to the FBI. Now here's what, these, these are the people that the FBI puts on their terrorist watch list. People like this. Here's a parent who reads from a pornographic book. Here, there, here's the parents. Remember now, remember this narrative, this is how it worked. You had, you had Merrick Garland send a letter to the National School Board Association, the NSA, now that's, again, not the, not the governmental NSA, the National School Board Association, and said, you know, we need you to send a letter to the president requesting that the DOJ investigate these parents testifying at school board hearings as domestic terrorists. They didn't say domestic terrorists, but as a threat to the school boards because there's this inherent increase in threats. And then when, they're asked, when, when Merrick Garland was questioned, you know what, give us a list. Give us a list of all of these threats that are coming from these parents who are testifying at school board hearings. Give us a video list, a written list, a verbal list, an audible list, whatever it may be. Of course, he doesn't do that. And probably because, you know what, I can't testify to that right now because it's an ongoing investigation into a crime that doesn't exist. So these are the people right here that the FBI is investigating. Play for me. What we fill our minds with matters. Consider that as I read this from a current library book. This one couple stumbled into my room and asked if they could use the room anyway with me still in it. They closed the door and started kissing. After a few minutes, the boy's hand went up the girl's shirt and she started protesting. Pretty soon, he took off her bra and started to kiss her breasts. And then he put his hand down her pants and she started moaning. He reached to take off her pants, but she started crying really hard. So he reached for his own. He pulled his pants and underwear down to his knee. Please, Dave, no. But the boy just talked soft to her about how good she looked, and she grabbed his penis with her hands and started moving it. The boy pushed the girl's head down, and she started to kiss his penis. She was still crying. Finally, she stopped crying because he put his penis in her mouth, and I don't think you can cry you. in that position. I ask you why this book Thank has you. survived two attempts. Your time is up. To- Thank you so much. And there is a, there's a child in our boardroom, so I'd like for you to please stop reading that. <laughs> me back to me so there you go now with a couple layers here first of all you have the school board who has said has approved this book for the very third grader who's in the room but then when a parent is reading it in front of the very third grader that they've approved this book for she's reading out of the book that they approved in front of that third grader they tell her to shut down that's the modern left because it's all about power it's all about control it's got nothing to do with any level of morality at all. And that is who the FBI is after. Not the fentanyl dealers, not the child rapists, not the pervs, not the, not the fentanyl dealers or the fentanyl users or people illegally crossing the southern border and sex trafficking. 
Not to mention the 40% increase in violent crime in the United States, the 25% increase in homicides. FBI's got nothing to do with any of that. They're investigating people like this. Play it for me, Will. The first speaker this evening is Sarah Gonzalez. My name is Sarah Gonzalez. I'm a TV host, wife, and mother, and Plano, Texas is the city that I grew up in. I went to school in it. I spent much of my adult life here, and I have to tell you, this Plano, Texas is not the Plano, Texas that it once was. You see, never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that Plano would be a city that would permit a restaurant the right to host sexually explicit all-ages drag brunches, where young children could sit and watch scantily clad, grown men gyrating in front of them while sexually explicit lyrics play from the speakers. But that's exactly what happened in Plano at Ebb and Flow Restaurant in the shops at Legacy. I sat in that restaurant and watched a little girl, no older than five years old, get sexually traumatized as the adults in the room sipped mimosas and laughed. They passed out sex toys while talking about sexually pleasuring themselves. They indoctrinated this young girl into stripper culture by force-feeding her dollar bills to hand to these grown men wearing giant prosthetic breasts so that these men could shove the dollar bills into their faux cleavage. How explicit was this show? If I played the video I took and shared on my social media that got millions of views here in this room, I would be removed for being, for being obscene. So I provided copies of the lyrics to the song that was played in the video that I posted, uh, as well as some still images from my undercover video. I'd like to ask if anyone would like to read the lyrics in this room. We've distributed some copies as well to the audience. I don't think the audience feels that we should be reading these lyrics in this room. You know why? Because there are kids present. So why are we allowing children to be exposed to it in the city limits of Plano? There is no such thing as a family-friendly drag show, and exposing young children to this type of sexual deviancy is child abuse. Let me say this again. Parental rights are very important and should be respected. However, we as a society do not tolerate child abuse in any other form. And the sexual exploitation and indoctrination of children is sexual child abuse, which is why we don't allow children into strip clubs or to participate in pornography. The LGBT community cannot be exempt from consequences of abusing children and wokeism cannot rule our cities. Mayor and council members, it is your responsibility to use all of your authority your constituents have given you to solve this problem, whether it be by ordinance or other measure, to ensure that children are protected within the city limits of Plano. Sexually oriented acts have no business being performed in front of anyone younger than 18. My organization, Defend Our Kids Texas, will be holding all elected officials accountable to stand up to... So there you go. Now, of course, that was a city council meeting, not a school board meeting. But of course, according to FBI standards, she's an insurrectionist and she should be on the domestic terrorist watch list because she's actually challenging, challenging some sort of governmental action. So, of course, she's an insurrectionist because she's a threat to democracy. Now, what's funny is if she actually, like she said, if she showed the video of the very actions that they approve of, they approve the city of Plano, city council, approves of local shops putting on uh, transgender drag shows so that men can gyrate in front of seven-year-old girls in sexually explicit ways, that's okay with them. But if she actually showed, just like the previous video, if she actually showed video footage of that in, in their city council meeting, 
the very thing that they approve of, that they're fine with, she'd be kicked out because it is sexually graphic. That's who these people, that's where we are right now. That's the country that we live in, and that's why we have to turn it around. And you must stand. You and I, I know I'm preaching to the choir for the most part, but you must stand. You have somebody in your life that you know is a man that wants to be called a woman. You call that man a man. You must stand. Well, that person won't like me anymore. That's the way that it is. They nailed Jesus to, to a cross. They didn't like him either. Now, going back to the FBI here, this is just a very interesting video. It's a little longer than I like to show, but it was so good I had to show it because it actually epitomizes the threat that I'm talking about, that I've outlined twice now. That if you don't think that it's possible, that if you say the wrong thing, that some FBI agent can pick up on it, you say the wrong thing, just, I don't mean like some sort of threat to the president. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about something innocuous. You just say something like, we need to take down the FBI, like I've said tonight. Or we need to, we need to, we need to crush the Democratic Party. You're threatening violence. You don't think that if an FBI agent carefully crafted that on a probable cause affidavit and presented it before an Obama judge that there wouldn't be a warrant issued for your arrest? And you're like, well, no problem. I'd win easily. Would you win? What if it was in Hartford, Connecticut or DC where Navarro's trials were, where Bannon's trials are? Where Alex Jones is, do you think Alex Jones, has Alex Jones defamed dead kids? It's impossible to commit defamation against somebody who's no longer living. But yet he's having to pay a billion dollars to parents for defaming their dead kids. And by the way, I'm not, I'm not showing disrespect for the dead. And I don't approve of what Alex Jones did, but he didn't commit defamation. That's impossible. He said mean things. And for all the idiots out there like Alex Berenson that are rejoicing, that Alex, that Alex Jones is having to pay a billion dollars to these parents. Wait till people come after Alex Berenson for the mean tweets that he said about people being vaccinated. Whoops. And they're still alive, by the way. It'll come back on you. When you approve of tyranny for your adversary, you've now licensed tyranny. It's in the wind and it will come for you because the tides, the political tides change. If you've said, you know what, tyranny is okay for the left, as long as the victims are the right, what happens when the right's back in charge, but tyranny's okay. So tyranny is now okay for the right as long as the victims are the left. See? So a lot of people are like, I, I rejoice that Miralago was raided. It's the first time in the history of America that the FBI's ever raided the home of a former president. First time ever. But I approve it because I hate Donald Trump. So I'm okay with tyranny as long as it's used against my adversary. But the problem is now you've licensed tyranny for your adversary to use it against you because that means tyranny's licensed, period. So here's the thing. This is a really problem. This is from Glenn Beck, The Blaze. Perhaps somebody should tell the millions of people around the world hoping to achieve that, that American dream that all our powerful, that our all-powerful government can take it all from you in an instant. Play it for me. In 1892, a small island just off the coast of New York City opened its doors. Over 62 million immigrants entered, all looking for opportunities that were unmatched anywhere else in the world. Freedom, protection from tyranny, but also a home, a job, a better future for their children. But today, perhaps somebody should tell the millions of people around the world hoping to arrive on our shores and achieve that American dream that our all-powerful government can take it all from you in an instant. Minneapolis, 2011. 
Amy met a man at the top of this escalator in her office building, and her life changed forever. After we met, it was pretty quickly off to the races. We had so much in common. Um, in fact, our mothers had gone to high school together in Ohio, which we didn't know. Carl and I had met when we were toddlers. About six months after we met, Carl got a job offer with a little startup that was part of Amazon called Amazon Web Services. And they asked him to move to Seattle to join the company, and Carl asked me to go with him. Two years after making the move to Seattle, Carl and Amy married in the beautiful mountains of the Pacific Northwest. And very quickly after that, um, we started growing our family. <laughs> Amy and Carl were exemplifying that American dream. Amy became an entrepreneur and her company, The Riveter, hit $20 million in revenue. Carl had left Amazon and was experiencing amazing success as a real estate developer. We saved our money to buy our first house, and we'd really planned to raise our family there for our girls to grow. We were happy. I mean, we had worked so hard to get to where we were. We had really embraced that idea that you can build your own dreams and build your own life. But then, just a couple of weeks after the COVID pandemic began here at home, Amy and Carl's dreams came to a screeching halt. There was a knock at our door around 6.45 a.m. My four little girls were playing a little, a little bouncy house in the living room. And it was a woman and a man, and the woman opened a wallet and it was a badge and it said FBI. The agents gave Carl two letters. One accused him of a federal crime, and the second said that they intended to seize a number of uh, his bank accounts and some bank accounts that I shared with him. Did not know then, but learned very quickly that there is a practice in America called civil forfeiture. Since 9-11, under just one program, police have taken two and a half billion dollars in the course of over 61,000 seizures of cash alone from people who, and this is the mind-blowing part, were not charged with a crime. It's when government agencies can take everything you have. Your bank accounts, your homes, your cars. Without ever charging you for a crime. What do you do if you can't feed your kids? How do you even na navigate talking to the FBI? Like, what happens then? Carl did something only 2% of all Americans accused of a federal crime choose to do. He refused to cave. Well, that's when the FBI did everything they could to scare this young family into submission. I checked my Wells Fargo bank account and I logged on and it was empty. And this was my account, just mine where I put my earnings as a CEO, as a lawyer, and all the money was gone. And I've never been accused of a crime. Um, I yelled for my husband to check his bank accounts and everything was gone. So we had no money um, to feed our kids, to pay our mortgage, to pay Carl's lawyers. And that was designed so that Carl couldn't fight back. They sold their home. Amy gave up her business, but it still wasn't enough. One of the other tools that was used to coerce him to plead guilty um, was a constant threat from the Department of Justice that they were going to charge him with a crime and that when they did, they would show up at her house in the middle of the night or in the middle of the morning and drag him out at gunpoint in front of our four daughters. And I just didn't want them to see that. 
And so for, for many months, um, we would wake our daughters up, our four little girls at five in the morning and take them to different parks all around Puget Sound. We tried to make it an adventure, but for us, I just didn't want them to be there if that was going to happen. Most of my daughters were too young to understand anything was happening. But my oldest daughter, Sloane, did understand that something was wrong. You know, I told Sloane, sometimes people with bad motivations and a lot of power can make very bad things happen to other people. And we explained to her that because someone had said daddy did something bad without asking him, without verifying it, that um, the government had taken our money. And that because of that, we needed to sell our house and we were going to move and stay with family, um, but that mommy and daddy were going to fight. And we did. And I think, you know, that's the most important thing. Amy and Carl fought, and they fought hard, and against all odds. In the ultimate David and Goliath battle, they proved to Sloane and her little sisters that the good guys can succeed, no matter how powerful the enemy may be. Back to me. So there you go. Now here's the thing, a quick outline of the video that we just saw here. Just as closing out in the FBI portion of the show here. So they come and they just accuse this couple, actually accuse the husband, but for ease of conversation, accuse this couple of committing a federal crime, accuse the husband of it. So while they're being investigated, all of their accounts are seized. So your life is henceforth destroyed. Well, FBI, why did you take all their money? We we can't answer that. That's with an ongoing investigation. You see it? This is the power that these people have. That's why they need to be completely dismantled, all stripped to the studs, no longer have an FBI. And, they, and now, even if you are never charged, all of your accounts are seized during the entire investigation. Well, I would fight. Well, how are you going to fight? Now, I get it if you're Elon Musk and your, and your resources are unlimited. Uh, who, else, who, who else's resources are unlimited? That would be the FBI and the DOJ. So you say, I will fight. Well, they just elongate the situation. Remember, all of your accounts are seized. You can't get credit because you have no money. So your credit cards are maxed out. All your accounts are emptied out. Your businesses are closed. You're under federal investigation. Even, even though this couple, I don't, I don't know what the, what, the, what, what the fruition of this case was, how it came to fruition, I don't know. But I assume that they were ever, actually never charged. So even if you're never charged, they hang it over your head the entire time. Any minute we're going to charge you if you don't cooperate, just like they did to General Flynn, who ended up pleading guilty to crimes he didn't commit because the FBI was threatening to investigate his son. In an investigation, you need to understand something. The investigation is the punishment because they bankrupt you. You don't have the money, unless you're Elon Musk, for a perpetual DOJ slash FBI investigation. Where they go to a grand jury and you hire attorneys. Everywhere you go, you hire attorneys. They can elongate it for a decade. You're going to hire $600 an hour, $600, 700, $800,000 of dollars per hour attorneys to fight the DOJ and make sure and understand that they will, they will elongate the entire thing. If it could be covered by one hearing, they'll have 47 of them. Nope, that's exactly what they're doing with the 1-6 people. They can't fight because you don't have the money. You're bankrupt. 
And they seize your accounts because you're under investigation. We don't want you to flee. This is how they do it. Understand, this is where we are at as a country. And the new red Congress, the new Republican Congress, must defund the Gestapo, the brown shirt Gestapo for the globalist left, i.e. Democratic Party. The FBI must be dismantled that's what they can do it, i'm telling you it's true all right let me let me close well we got we got we got a ways to go but let me just this is the final kind of final story i'm going to talk about global currency here this is a jesse kelly video this is just kind of a fun start why is joe biden and why is justin trudeau dressed like J- james bond night circa 1970 villains play it for me feel like you know this is literally like a sean connery roger moore uh james bond movie for your eyes only or something like that i mean what what is this dress put the next one up for me and here we got here's the prime minister uh is it rishi sanak prime minister in the middle of the uk justin trudeau on the left and of course their master their puppet master who's got his hand up their rectum up their puppet shoot Klaus Schwab, their puppet master right there. And both of them, I mean, Justin Trudeau is a young global leader for the World Economic Forum. Rishi Sunak's family is tied heavily financially to the World Economic Forum. That's who these people are. This is who's in charge of Canada. This is who's in charge of the UK. Five Eyes countries, which are the most intimate of allies with the United States of America, controlled by the World Economic Forum. And again, why are they dressed like this? What, what, what on earth? You're like, Tom, that's superficial. Why does it matter? I don't know. It just bugs me. Why are these people dressed like 1970s James Bond villains? Because maybe they are James Bond villains. Here you go. Put that up there for me. Here's just a couple outlines. Look, look. I mean, it's totally true. You can go center and to the right. Yeah, I mean, they look like James Bond villains. They really do. What, um, I guess villains just are villains. They just dress like villains. I told you, they always expose themselves. They always do. It's like what I told you about New York City. Right out of Matthew 7, Matthew chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat, because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way, which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it, right? And what does is, what is New York name their most predominant street? Broadway. The demons always reveal themselves because demons were so stupid that they actually tried to rebel against Yahweh and thought they'd win. Pick from Rebel News right here. Just so you know, this is what, now this is all coming out of the book of Revelation, chapter 13, 16 through 18, chapter 14, 9 through 16. Read it for yourself. This is what this is all about, is leveraging you into a one world commerce system with a singular access point that people like this will control. G20 panel calls for institution of global digital health passports. 
That's what COVID-19 has been about from day one. So if you were a Christian that strapped the mask on, understand that you were Oprah, that you were ushering in the antichrist agenda found in Revelation 13 and 14. You can still repent. Nobody has taken the mark of the beast yet because there's nothing on our right hands or on our foreheads. But don't worry, Bill Gates is working on that technology in partnership with Gavi MasterCard. It's called Quantum Dot Tattoo Technology. But don't worry. It's nothing. It's all right-wing conspiracy theories. For all those Christians that poured out of churches like mine, well, we're way bigger now, but you poured out of mine because I'm a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Well, I guess the book of Revelation is right-wing conspiracy theory because here you have G20, the most powerful leaders on the globe. Joe Biden, of course, was in attendance at the G20. And Joe Biden has put it into a research phase into digital, into CBDC, central bank digital currencies. He's put it in the research phase in the United States of America. We're looking into doing that here. And here you have people who want, you can't buy, sell, trade, or travel unless you have your global digital health passport. That's what COVID's been about. That's why Anthony Fundy found, funded the lab through the EcoHealth Alliance, in DASEC and the EcoHealth Alliance. That's why the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation funded the Chinese Academy of Sciences and the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That's why they funded them all to get to where they can leverage you into a one world commerce system. And they can, you know, why would they want you to have a vaccine passport? Because they can just turn it off whenever they want. Why would they want you to have central bank digital currencies? Because they can turn it off whenever they want. You buy a gun, they turn it off. You vote for Trump, they turn it off. You buy a a, uh, gas powered car, they turn it off. Internal combustion engine, turn it off. You go to a Trump rally, turn it off. And you're like, no, they wouldn't just be able to do that. Why wouldn't they be able to do it? Justin Trudeau and Christia Freeland already did it to the trucker convoy attenders and people just sending 10 bucks into them. Not just, not even a year ago that happened. Just shut their bank accounts off because everything is CBDC. Central bank digitized currency. That's what they want. Well, I'll just hoard cash. Cash would then be useless. Let's get down and dirty. Here we go. This is from the, this is the B20, which is still the G20, but this is the business end of the G20. Play for me. So let's have a digital health certificate acknowledged by WHO. If you have been vaccinated or tested properly, then you can move around. So for the next pandemic, instead of stopping the movement of the people 100%, which clocked the economy globally, you know, you can still provide some movement of the people. Indonesia has achieved, G20 country has agreed to have this digital certificate using WHO standard, and we will submit into the next the, uh, World Health Assembly in Geneva as the revision to international health regulation. So hopefully for the next pandemic, we can still see some movement of the people, some movement of the goods, and movement of the economy. Let's go last to first. And by the way, that was uh, Bud- Budai Gennady Sindakin, Indonesian health minister. He said, next pandemic. How many pandemics have we had in your lifetime? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm 54, just turned 54 a couple months ago. So I was born in 68, and this is the first pandemic I've ever seen. And yet now they're just planning one pandemic after another because their whole point is to leverage you into a one world commerce system using digital, digitalized vaccine passports or CBDCs all combined into a digital wallet that they can control. If they don't want you going somewhere, your money's gone. If they don't want you going anywhere, your passport's gone. And you listen to the language. That way you can move around. We maybe can let you move around a little bit more 
next time, then this time. Who in the world are they? We get this whole thing into place where everybody's got this digital health certificate, global digital health certificate. Then, you know, maybe we won't have to shut it down as much as before. See how they can control everything? We won't, get, we won't shut it down as much as before. You know, maybe we'll shut it down 10% less, 20%, because then everybody's controlled. See, that's the purpose of it all, is that they, they put the chains on you, and then they decide how many links they're going to give you. And how many links they're going to take back? We'll let you move 15 feet. You know, you've been a bad boy or girl, so now we're going to add, we're going to take a couple links back from you. That's the point of all of this from day one. Well, I just wanted to see how bad it was for two weeks, of, you know, 15, 15 days to flatten the curve. Yeah, here we are entering into 32 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. And by the way, that's not, a, that's not footage from a 2019-2018 G20-B20. That is 2022, and they're still talking about it. And they're talking about the next pandemic as they're working on by NIAID funded in Boston, juicing up the monkeypox uh, virus, juicing up to an 80% deadly level in Massachusetts at another NID funded research institute, juicing up COVID-19 to be 80% fatal. Why? So they can usher in. Well, this one here, you know what? They did it right, so none of them would die. So Booty there, that's his name, Booty, B-U-D-I, so that he won't die. But 80-year-olds or the morbidly obese will die, and they use it to scare the rest of you. They do the same thing with crime. They allow institutionalized crime. They don't prosecute gun crimes. They don't prosecute sex offenses. Cashless bail. Everybody gets out and goes in and, and recommits crimes. Recidification, recidivism through the roof so that they create this, this climate of crime. And then they say, you know, we need to confiscate everybody's guns. It's always their own creation. And then they offer you their solutions, which are worse than the problem. And that's what you're seeing here. There was never a pandemic. There was a COVID-19. And again, what I said on Tuesday, why, is, why are more people dying of the least, the least vir- virulent variant? More people are dying from Omicron than Alpha. Omicron, in, when it comes to virulence, doesn't even compare to the Alpha variant. Doesn't even compare, but more people, it's, uh, it's twice as many or even more than twice as many people have died of Omicron than Alpha. Alpha was way more virulent than Omicron. And why? Because all those people are vaccinated. They have antibody-dependent enhancement syndrome and can't fight off a common cold, which is a coronavirus, by the way, which is what Omicron is. All right, let's go to the next one for me, Will. Here's a pick from, you don't believe this is happening? You know, you're talking about, you're, I was just talking about uh, global, let me make sure you have global digital health certificates. It's all going to be in your digital wallet. Here's another one from GovUK, from the United Kingdom, from Great Britain. Digital identity certification, certification for right to work, right to rent, and criminal record checks. Guidance on how digital identity providers can become certified to complete digital identity checks for the right to work, right to rent. It's all controlled. That's why they want you to have electric cars for a right to work. You're like, what does that mean, Tom? Well, if you're controlled by an, if you're, if your ability to drive to work and make an income to, to provide a living for your family, to provide an income for your family is, is in a 
in a car in a in an electric car that's controlled by an ESG grid, like you know, a company that's run by the federal government under ESG standards, environmental social governance standards. Again, that's the whole climate oaks. I don't have time to get into that tonight. But if you're controlled by that, they can simply just like they did. And will I need that one back up from before? You see, here's here's what they do. Get up there as quick as you possibly can. I really need it. Don't take them down until I tell you, okay? So digital identification so that they actually control your right to work. If you have an electric car, eventually they control your right to work, your right to rent. CBDCs do the same thing. If they if a central bank digitized currency, then that they are at the valve. There is no cash. There is no gold. So stop thinking that you're going to hoard these things and you're going to overcome them. No, you have to stand now. You have to stand now. You have to say no. You have to elect controversial people that aren't really controversial. They're just right. People that are willing to address and actually call out the globalist, leftist, bourgeois, cabal, and be called conspiracy theorists like me. I don't care what people call me. The truth is the truth. Revelation chapter 13 and 14 are unfolding right before our very eyes, and we must call it out and be the restraining found in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 3 through 8. Now go to the next one for me, Will. Wittgenstein tweet. Uh, EU, European Union, says it can have a digital ID wallet by 2024, regardless of challenges. Because the EU, overall, everybody in the EU, outside of a few, like Hungary, like Poland, have been over. You better stand. You better stand there because, listen, there's people that are going to freeze to death. This because of the fake war in Ukraine and the fake gas crisis, the fake fuel crisis, all fake. It's ushered in to control you. I don't have time to get into the depths of things right now. Let's just flow through these. Wittgenstein tweet. Go to the next one for me. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, pick Rebel News. Here's this. And you're like, this won't happen in America. Really? San Francisco launches guaranteed income program for transgender people. They're only transgender. See, it's all part of the globalist narrative. Transgenderism is used to leverage you into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point. How? Well, hate crimes. If you don't say, by the way, oh, that'll never happen. It's already institutionalized in Canada and the UK. That's what it's all about. It's all, it's all to leverage you into a one-world commerce system with a singular access point. If you can, Aaron, can you do side-by-side side with the next video? I just want to show you this. Now, that's what she's concerned about. That's London Breed in that seven. picture. And that's London bringing the picture. She's the mayor of San Francisco. Look what's actually happening in San Francisco. The entire global cabal is unfolding. Using transgender to usher in a guaranteed monthly income while you have rampant crime. This is that, look at the, there's a bride and groom right there. See the, see the groom standing right there? They have, this, they have just rampant crime in San Francisco while she's having a guaranteed, institutionalizing a guaranteed monthly income for only transgender people because transgender people have agreed to the cabal. That's, that, that is what this is all about. I don't have the time to get into the depths of it tonight because I want to stick with CBDCs for just a moment. Let's go to the next one, Will. We had James Melville, right? Yep, James Melville, Joe Rogan, and Tulsi Gabbard. Play it for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm concerned about all that, and I'm, I'm concerned about the lack of understanding that people have about the implementation of, implementation of things like a digital currency that is centralized, that's controlled by the government. Right. That scares the shit out of me. Absolutely. Because that's what we're—and Maxine Waters 
who has been promoting this said that we need this to compete with China, which is so crazy. Yeah. It's like saying we need communism to compete with communism. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. If you want to compete with communists, you have to be a communist. Like what? Yeah. Like digital currency that's centralized by the state is terrifying because they'll connect it to a social credit score system. Yeah. If they connect it to a social credit score system, Tulsi Gabbard, I don't like what you said on the Joe Rogan experience. Mm -hmm. We're going to go and eliminate your ability to fly. Right. You can't fly. You can't travel. You right. can't buy gas anymore. Yeah. Which is what they do all, in China. It's all within the realm of possibility. And you look at that and you and uh, what is the recent thing of, I think Elizabeth Warren was pushing for credit card companies to start tracking people who buy ammunition yes. and firearms and well, report Visa that to the government. Visa is going to change the way they categorize gun sales. So they'll put gun sales in a different realm of like just in the, of regular sales, which is to let people know, like, hey, we're watching Yeah, you. exactly. Yeah. And not just because, like, oh, well, I'm just curious. No. No. There's a regulatory follow-up action uh, to that violation of privacy. It's all about control. And, again, it's the same statement that I use 30 times a podcast. It is all about them controlling you. And you're like, why would anybody want to control people? I say this all the time. I don't know. I have no interest in controlling people. They do. And there's always somebody. There's always some tyrant, whether it's in China, whether it's Klaus Schwab, whether it's Joe Biden, whether it's Justin Trudeau or somebody else. There's always some tyrant who wants to tell you what to say, wants to tell you what to do. Notice how they all talk about tolerance, but they don't, they don't actually demand tolerance. What they demand is that you acquiesce. They don't demand, you know what, you just need to tolerate transgenders. No problem. I don't care. I don't care if you're a man who wants to dress as a woman and call yourself a female. Go ahead, do it. But that's not enough. That's tolerance. I'm not attacking them. I certainly would never be violent with them. I'm tolerating them. Fine. But that's not allowed. You see, you have to accept it. You have to acquiesce to it. If you don't call that man pretending to be a woman a woman, if she, if he used to be Tim and now he goes by Tammy and you don't acquiesce, then you are a criminal. That's what the transgender movement's all about. It's already institutionalized in criminal justice law in Canada and the UK. It's all about that. It's all part of the global cabal, whether it's, whether it's gun grabbing, whether it's COVID, whether it's vaccines, whether it's vaccine mandates, vaccine passports, world economic form, transgender agenda, homosexual agenda. It is all about controlling you. How could the homosexual agenda be about hate speech? Hate speech, you say the wrong thing. They can control you and they say, you know what? You said you called this person the wrong thing. So now you committed a hate, hate speech violation. Pull up videos out of the UK of hate speech violations. People being arrested for hate speech. Pull them up. It's happening already. Happening in Canada. It's trying. They're trying to make it happen in the, in the state of California. You're like, well, no. Well, I, I'd fight it. Well, can you fight it? I've already gone through the, the federal law enforcement DOJ system. Now it's basically impossible to fight unless you're a multimillionaire. But they say, you know, no problem. We'll let you out. But you, and here, you know, here's your singular access point to the one world commerce system. You just have to sign this sheet that says, you know what? I'll no longer do that anymore. And we will issue your 
Singular access point card, which eventually be a mark on your right hand or on your forehead. That's whatever it may be. Same thing with vaccine passports. Well, I want to be able to go to Walmart again. You can't without a vaccine passport. It's CBDCs now, so it's all tied in with your digital wallet. CBDCs, social credit systems are all linked into one. You're a smoker. You get deductions out of your account. We saw it modeled in PayPal. You know, you if you if you are a purveyor of what they deem to be disinformation, twenty five hundred dollar fine out of your digital account. And good luck ever getting it back again. What are you going to do? Hire an attorney for five hundred bucks an hour to get twenty five hundred dollars back from PayPal? No, they depend on you never doing that, and they win and they win ninety nine point nine percent of the time. But that's what this is all about, and we have to stand now. You have to stand, and you, you see, it starts with little steps. Put a mask on. You know, what, what harm does that do? Lying always does harm. God hates lying. There are six things the Lord hates. Seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue. Hands that shed innocent blood for you abortionists. A heart that devises wicked schemes. Feet that are quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. And a man who stirs up dissensions among brothers. Four out of the seven have to do with lying. So when they come to you, what does it harm to do this? You know, I, 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 you, know you hear me say this all the time, all the people I saw on, on Facebook. I don't understand why everybody's so upset about people wearing masks. What harm does it does? What harm does it do? It's the first step towards leveraging people into a one world commerce system because you're showing acquiescence. You must stand. We all must stand now or we will be steamrolled we need to be second thessalonians chapter 2 3 through 8 let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called god or that is worshiped so that he sits as god in the temple of god showing himself that he is god Now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed, the Antichrist, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains the body of Christ, only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. That's the rapture. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. We must be the restraining. You cannot comply and restrain at the same time. Never put the masks back on. Never acquiesce to electric vehicles. Never acquiesce to CBDCs. Never acquiesce to gun grabbing. Never acquiesce to the transgender slash homosexual agenda. Never acquiesce to the climate agenda. Never acquiesce to ESGs. Stand now or you will lose your generation but we will stand we will be strong in the lord and in the power of his might putting on the whole armor of god finally brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might let's do that each and every one we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this world 
Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints let's stand amen love you all back here 55 minutes of fury 10 30 saturday night god richly bless each and every one of you good night if you enjoyed watching the tom lively podcast would you consider investing in the program go to tomlively.com and donate any amount to the podcast and we will send you this exclusive tlp shirt I stand unequivocally on the Word of God, on healing, the Bible, prosperity, the Bible, sin, the Bible, everything, protection, the Bible, church, the Bible.